Hello everybody, this is Noah and John. We are from Urban Digs, and today I got my boy Jimmy Sircosta. Sick and all. Sick yeah. Feeling <laughs> better. Feel, thanks for coming along. Um, talking Manhattan, we're talking about what's happening in the real-time market. We're trying to extract all the thoughts. Um, you've been doing this for a long time, so... 14 years. 14 years. Yeah. Um, I started with you in City Habitats back in 2005. That's right. right. You are an amazing worker. I mean, you work like, what, 160-hour weeks or something? No. Not anymore. <laughs> more, more than that. But I guess when I started, it seemed like that. But yeah, I'd say 60 hours. Okay. At least. You work, you work a lot. Um, and you do a lot of rentals, so I want to focus on the rental market first. So sure. What, what's happening out there? So um, what I'm seeing in the rental market as far as this year compared mm-hmm. to last year. So last year, uh, the vacancy rate for the quarter, uh, the fourth quarter, was um, 2.16% okay. for city habitats. This is 2018 or 2017? 2017, fourth quarter. Okay. 2008. Manhattan or citywide? Or no, Manhattan. Manhattan. Okay. So, and then 2018, the vacancy in the fourth quarter is 1.53% lower. Right. Okay. So, it's a little tighter. So, that, what, what I think is happening is, you know, the... The sales market is softer. There's more people going into the rental market. Mm-hmm. So that's keeping this rental market tighter in the winter. Now, mm-hmm. the rental market's always like May through September is our hot time. Right. You know, and if you're working with me as a landlord, I'm trying to position your lease between May and September. Right. Is there one month that's the hot time on top of that? I remember September 1st was like the the most popular movement. You know what? When you were doing this back with me then, yeah. it was like that. Yeah. But after the recession, mm-hmm. like after 2009, 10, and 11, mm-hmm. things changed because it was harder to get jobs. Mm-hmm. So kids were coming in like May, June. Interesting. So the cycle changed from August to September being the hot months to May to like June 1st and July 1st. Okay. Those were the hotter move dates. Gotcha. Right now, the vacancy rate last summer, I think, was 1.34% at City Habitats for the second quarter and the third quarter. I mean, it's still so it was pretty tight. tight. Very yeah, tight. I mean, uh, the sales market's soft. I mean, are, are rental rates soft? or? No, I don't think so. I mean, I haven't really seen a big change over the year. Okay. You know, the, the vacancy went up in the over the winter, mm-hmm. but the vacancy goes up just because it's slower. Right. There's less people in the market. So the summertime, you have graduates you have relocations a lot of people relocating it's warmer people want to move so it's so much busier so more inventory comes on the market but it absorbs a lot quicker it's a very fast-paced market Uh, what about concessions Uh, let's see the concessions the same thing fourth quarter 2017 43 percent of our deals concessions Mm -hmm. Uh, in this year or sorry 2018 Thirty percent of the deals, so that's a thirteen percent swing. Right. So there's less concessions because there's less inventory. Right. But there's still a lot of uh, concessions. Um, you know, sometimes there aren't concessions, but I'm talking to landlords and I'm getting like a free month, mm-hmm. right. or I'm getting an OP. Yeah. Uh, but that's winter months. Summer months, it's tougher to do that. Yeah. I would imagine a lot of concessions are sort of either seasonality-based or market-based. So in the winter, you might have more concessions just because it's the winter. Or in a soft market, when you have a lot of vacancy, there might be concessions just to get people in the door. I'm wondering if you're seeing concessions sort of that are more local, like localized. Mm-hmm. Like Upper West Side might have concessions, the Upper East Side doesn't or something like that. And, pri- and I'm wondering price points. Well. Is, is, is it like just the 8000 to 10000 plus kind of right. sector? Or 
Is it all sectors getting concessions? Putting you on the spot, Julian. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you know, I don't know all, everything you're asking me, but um, okay. So Upper West Side has more inventory than the Upper East Side right now. The okay. Q train is, I think, really helped the Upper East Side. Really? Okay, that's interesting yeah. to know. But at the same time, Upper East still has a lot of inventory, and Upper yeah. West has a lot of inventory. So it depends upon the size of apartment and the price points, but. Like the luxury market, especially new construction, new buildings just coming on, mm -hmm. you're getting a month free, you're getting an OP. Yeah. So the owner's paying the broker fee. Some of them are giving two months free. Mm -hmm. Is that and standard for new buildings coming on to be giving these concessions to get people in the door? Or is it? Yeah. Okay. I, I think they have to do it to compete because they want to fill the building up. And if they don't, at the prices they're asking. So some customers are really turned off by the net effective rent and yeah. some customers get it. And some, they just want to be in a new product. They want to be in a gorgeous building. Right. I mean, are a lot of people paying broker's fees these days? I know they're, are they looking at cap broker's fees now on a, on a political level? Yeah, I, I put a little note about that. So the city council members, Keith Powers, and I guess Carolina Rivera, they're trying to pass something that, you know, they'll cap it at one month's rent, the mm -hmm. broker fee. And they also want to cap security deposits. Mm -hmm. So I really think that's going to hurt the, the public because... There's a lot of people who rent apartments with me. You know, I work at relocation at City Habitats. Right. So I do the relocation department, and I got people coming from out of, out of the U.S. Yeah. They have no credit history. They don't even have a bank account. Right. So what so landlord's going to rent to them with a one-month security cap? Right. It's going to be really difficult to place them. Right. I didn't even think about that kind of stuff. Um, what about the sales side? You do some sales. What are you seeing there? Uh, well... I have, I have a few listings on the market. I have a few in contract. Um, basically on the sales side, it's soft, but I think if you price the apartments right, right. You're, you're gonna move the apartments. Like I have two in contract, and you know, let me see, one of them I got after two brokers had it. Mm -hmm. And it's actually in Forest Hills, a really nice part of Forest Hills, mm -hmm. right over by the tennis court. Mm -hmm. And two brokers had it before I had it. We got it. And what we did was we consulted with the owners. The apartment was an estate. It, was, it, it had a lot of rough spots. So we got them to refinish the floors. We got them to take the wallpaper off, paint right. it. We, got, we had a professional cleaner come in. We staged it a little. We did some virtual staging. And we sold it in 30 days. Right. Whereas the other brokers couldn't sell it in 12 months just because the condition of the apartment, I think, Buyers really expect a lot right now. Yeah. And that's what, you know, John brings us up a lot. Um, it, it's a very transactional market, which in layman's terms, if you price it where the market is today, you will get traffic and you will um, uh, probably get a contract signed. Um, but more importantly, buyers, they just have all these checkboxes. And, and a lot of guests said the same thing. They're looking to get every single one of their checkboxes checked. And if one of those checkboxes is not checked, they're just going to walk away. Right, and I wouldn't be surprised if you have a lot of people who are coming from the rental side into sales, maybe for their first apartment. Yeah, because the lower price points are right. selling better right now. But I'd be surprised. I imagine a lot of people are probably spoiled. I have two buyers like that, that, are, that were renters and now are buyers. So I, two questions. Number one, what does that conversation look like when the rental client kind of approaches you about buying? I mean, how do you sort of switch gears? And the second is, do you have any clients that are sort of spoiled by the amenities they get in a rental building that when they go to look at the sales side, they're sort of like, well, where's the pool? Where's the, where's the gym? Where's the sauna? Where are all these things that now my co-op, all these co-ops that you're showing me don't have? Uh, well, that's interesting. 
uh, that question. So as far as the amenities go, I think when you're buying, you're, you're not so amenity driven. When you're renting, it's different. But when you're buying, I think you're more about the apartment. Okay. You know, and you're about the value you can, you can get for the apartment. Yeah. People don't look at it as buying a home. They look at it as an investment first now, which I think is kind of strange. I think, you know, for me, it's, it's your home. Mm-hmm. And I, I like to think if you stay in that apartment for four to five years, you're going to make money with it because it's New York City. Even when the market goes down, you know, our market bounces back better than any other market. Yeah. So, um, what was the first part of that well, question? I'm just curious you what know, the conversation is. Oh, with, the, with my renters. Rent, yeah. Uh, you know, I have a monthly newsletter. I'm hitting them every month. Talk. I'm explaining the market. I'm showing them the market reports. People are reaching out to me. I'm calling people for my, my client appreciation party. And that happens in the beginning of the year. So that's when I say, and you know, if, you're, if your lease is coming up, let's talk about it. Let's talk about maybe you buying. Right. Or let's talk about maybe what they're asking you for your lease renewal. Mm-hmm. Um, so part of the rentals, the lease renewals, I think a lot more people are staying in their homes. Mm-hmm. But part of the sales, they're seeing the prices are going down. Um, and then it opens up the conversation. I, get, I hook them up with a banker. They yeah. start to see that they're qualified for, they can get 800 grand or they can get a million. Are they starting to see that the, because you said the rental rates are not really falling right now. No, it's just the, the incentives will go up and down, but I don't right. feel like the rental rates are going. I mean, they, that's, that's like kind of purposely kind of planned that way. Yeah, I mean, they fall in the winter for sure just because it's a slower time. Right. But, but they're, we don't they're, see they're already tightening up and they're already, the, the right. concessions are less right now mm-hmm. and the prices are starting to creep up. I mean, even if the rental market was softening and they were going big time down, the, getting that net effect of rent and seeing the offset of concessions, it's really not a transparent world to really see what's no. happening. No, and that's what I want to talk about too because, you know, we're, we're data driven. So on the sales side, we're basically trying to find every little tidbit of, of intelligence we can to pass on to brokers and their clients. But right. on the rental side, I mean, it's a disaster. Like we have, we have an idea of what's available, but that's even just a segment of the market. It's not everything because yeah. we don't have all the, 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 the landlord exclusives that maybe city and habitats might have, or maybe corporate might have, or maybe they're only available on Nestio, one of these things. But we have no idea where these things are trading at, what, what the actual, what the actual yeah. rent it's, is, it's hard what the to net know. effectives are, all that stuff. It's hard to know what things close at. In sales, it's more transparent. Rentals, you have brokers just putting this information in, so you don't know if they're putting in the negotiated price or right. what they actually rented for. Right. So um, I think you know a lot of people want no fee right now because it's winter. That, right. This is this is happens every year. Right. You know you have more people from the city looking. You don't have like people coming from out of the city. You don't have the reload. So. So savvier you know, buyers in the winter. Yeah, well, not savvier, just maybe more jaded, you know? They don't, I'm not paying a fee. Right. And, and these but, renters these renters are, are aware of the sales market being soft, and they're now looking at the, all right, the prices are maybe getting a little more affordable um, because the prices are going down in the sales sector. My rent's not really going down. I imagine, um, are renters complaining to you that their rents are increasing after their one-year, two-year leases expire? Or are, they kind of, are landlords renewing those at flat? At flat rates. Well, you know, that's a really good point because that's something that's happening a lot with my clients. And I tell them in my newsletter, let me know when your renewals come up. Right. So I find like you go to the 40s on the west side, once you get over to 11th and 12th Ave, there's a lot of incentives over there because mm-hmm. there's a lot of new product. Mm. Um, 
So what's happening is I had one of my clients contact me. Well, my lease is up. They want to give me a month free and they want to raise my rent. So he's paying quite a bit of money for a one bedroom, like, I don't know what it was, 5150. Mm. And he's over on 10th Avenue in the 40s. So I went, I checked it out for him, and I said, look, they're giving two months free to anybody coming in new. Gotcha. And the prices are basically the same. Right. So he was able to go back to the landlord, negotiate two months free, wow. and pay a small increase. Unbelievable. Unbelievable what happens when you communicate a little bit, you get some information, right. something becomes a little more transparent, and now all of a sudden you can make a move. Right. Yeah. And you can play. So, and I mean, we, last, last week with Jared and Sean, they were talking about this in the new development sector. Exact same thing. They, there's a little more transparency, and buyers know where those deals are happening on the development side. It will facilitate the cycle. Yeah, one of the things you mentioned earlier, Jimmy, is that there's some people who understand and kind of get the whole idea of net effective rent, and some people are just sort of balking at the yeah. idea. And I wonder if you could just spend a few minutes just to discuss like what exactly net effective rent means and how it affects different people and, and how you talk about it. Well, you know, I find in Manhattan it's a little more accepted because we've been doing it longer. I don't like it. I prefer advertising gross rent and saying there's a month free and letting them know what the net effective rent is in my description and also hopefully having an OP. Mm -hmm. um, but people, when they, if they don't understand it, once they figure it out, it's a big turnoff. Yeah. Like, oh, it's not 4250 it's really 5000 and it's two months free. Right. Are they advertising the net effective rate or are they advertising the gross rate? A lot are doing net effective. Wow. And some of them are saying it's net effective, but they're not giving you the gross. All right. So, so the just, reason that's so confusing. So it's not transparent. to clarify what this yeah. means, yeah. The reason that's confusing is because the net effective is a temporary thing. Right. So It's your you, first lease. The, all right. So just so everyone knows what, what we're talking about here, you got a, a $5,000 a month rental, and, and the landlord's asking 5000 and they offer you... Um, two months free. Two months free, right? So that's ten thousand dollars. So if you annualize that ten thousand dollars, that rent's really right, what forty two hundred or something like, something that. like that. So yeah. they're advertising that rental at forty two hundred, um, but when that when that year cycle fades, their rent is kicking is up 5, to the right rent. No, they're they're charged. Most of them charge them five thousand. Right. Okay. Yeah. They'll either give them the two months free or the first month free, the last month free. I mean, that's okay. I mean, from search purposes, that's okay. But I mean, if you start if you start listing those properties at forty two hundred, right, then that's right. And, effective. Not, and then it kicks up to five thousand. That's a little misleading. Well, I think they're expecting to write a check for forty two hundred every month, but instead five thousand is going to be coming out of their account every month, except for the first or the last month. Kind of. Correct. And I mean, what's the likelihood that they're going to actually the landlord's going to provide this kind of renewal each year? I mean, are 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 these contracts mostly one year or two years? First of all. Most, most are one year. Okay. Uh, some are two, like the 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 deal that I told you guys about on the west side. Mm -hmm. That was a one year con. It was actually an eighteen month contract. Okay, that's odd. You know, well, it's okay. eighteen month because they rented it in January. They wanted a summer lease. Okay. And they gave them two months free. Right. And he was the person who called me, and I was able to help them get the two months free instead of the one one month. Because the landlord's gonna give you as little as possible to yeah. give you to stay. But you just have to be aware of what the market is right now. So I mean like after one year I can go back to my landlord and say, all right, great, you're gonna jack my rent to five thousand, I want that two months again for free. Um, that's a great service. I, mean, I think the rental market moves so quickly that this is one way of establishing some kind of client loyalty. Is because yeah. you're not getting compensated for this advice. It's just sort yeah, of like, when they oh, stay you're happy to help. 
Well, the rentals lead me to sales. Right. You know, like I take on a lot of rental exclusives in co-ops co and condos mm -hmm. because I end up getting the sales exclusive like 50% of the time because right. I develop the relationship. Right. They see my work ethic. Right. They start to see that I can make things happen and then they trust me and then of course I get to sell their apartment. Yeah, and, and we're getting towards the end here, so I want to just go towards agents a little bit. I mean, um, you've been in this business a long time. Let, let's say I'm a new agent, and um, I'm, I'm trying to acclimate to New York City and learn the Manhattan trade. It's, it's a very complicated and complex one. It's a very yeah. sharp, each sharp kind of um, fierce, <coughs> fierce marketplace. What would you, I mean, with all your experience, what would you tell new people, um, new agents starting out, like, you know, hey, uh, I would focus on this, this, or this. Like, is there anything you would tell these agents just to expedite their learning curve? Besides getting an account to Urban Digs. <laughs> yeah, get an account to Urban Digs and join my team. Right, Besides bucks. that. <laughs> um, I, I think for new people, you have to come in expecting to work many hours. You got to work seven days a week. Um, of course, you got to take time off. You don't want to burn out, but you have to come in with the mindset. It's your own business, and you're going to make it happen. Mm -hmm. Join a company that has training. Join a company that has ideas for you. Mm -hmm. A lot of new agents join little companies with no training, they give them a phone, they give them a desk, and you know, six months later they haven't done a deal. Yeah. And even in a company like City Habitats or bigger companies, it's still hard to do deals. So I think you gotta put your head your head down. Getting into rentals first helps because you can sustain yourself, you're getting paid on rentals very quickly, whereas a sale it's taking you ninety to one hundred and twenty days. Right. So I say start with rentals. You know, get your feet wet and just be really good to people. Treat people the way you want to be treated. You, yeah. We've all found apartments in Manhattan. And we've all been burned by brokers. Yeah. You know, when I came to Manhattan, it was very difficult. Right. And as a broker, when I started in Manhattan, I'm a musician, you know that. Mm -hmm. We've played, we've jammed we out your apartment. We've jammed a couple times. And, um, you know, I thought my friends couldn't afford apart apartments when I got into being a broker. And I didn't really tell anyone. Yeah. That wasn't the right thing. You gotta tell everybody you're gonna be a broker because you don't know who your friends know. Yeah. Your friends may have a friend coming in that has a job that they make money and they can get an apartment in a luxury building and you can even find them an apartment, they don't pay a fee, they get them on free. Yeah. You know, so there's there's all kinds of opportunity. You just have to put yourself out there and you have to be pretty aggressive with it and don't be shy. Yeah, and, and I'll second that because I mean, you gotta build yourself a brand um, and you got to get that contact list up, man, because this is a, a, a networking business, it's a referral-based business, and more important, it's a people business. It's a relationship business. So um, I echo all that stuff. Great stuff. Um, Jimmy Sacosta from City Habitats, thank you so much. This is Noah and John. We're from Urban Digs. We were talking Manhattan, and we'll catch you next time.